At the end of your life, what will be your legacy? What will you leave behind for future generations? For the world, join the world messenger, Isabella Lundberg, each week as she brings you a new distinguished guest from the business, sports, or entertainment world to share their success, their struggles, and their lessons. They will share their insights into current hot topics that affect everyone. Isabella facilitates an intimate, vulnerable environment to find the true value of humanity and real leadership. Are you ready for your legacy? The legacy that matters? Hello, hello, my beautiful friends. It's Isabella Lombacare, the world messenger, and I'm inviting you for another epic episode of Legacy Leadership. I am super thrilled to introduce to someone that I actually discovered amazing work that she is doing recently, and I cannot wait to share with you because not only she's a mover and shaker, sole entrepreneur, entrepreneur herself as a single mom that is crushing it, uh, also a phenomenal coach and trainer. She is obviously one of fellow leadership consultants, but she is also cultural expert. And as you guys know, everybody needs one of those with really strong sense of the brand and external brand reputation, which again, those things go hand in hand and so much more. But she is also methods of leaders and I can't figure out what the methods are and I'm sure you might be intrigued as well. Without further ado, let's invite uh, Janice here, uh, Janice Perkins with us and this conversation. Janice, welcome. Hi, thank you so much, Isabella. I'm so happy to be here. We're so glad to have you for everybody watching and listening. Uh, buckle up because as you know, either you may or may not need a coach and you don't know if you do need one as well as struggling or dealing with anything in a large corporate or small enterprise, uh, we're going to give you some much volume practical applications because Janice is also working very closely with one of our very highly respected people that both of us are looking up to, which is a legendary Marshall Goldsmith. And methods of the leaders obviously stem from there. But what are those methods? I'm sure you wanted to know. And how she got into, first of all, coaching and that amazing trajectory. So Janice, do you mind sharing a little bit? First of all, how is everything over there in Kansas, Wichita? First of all, we're so close. I'm here in Colorado. And I wanted just to see how his fellow neighbor doing. Well, it's really beautiful here today. I wish I was sitting outside on the back deck, actually, or playing golf somewhere. The difference is we don't have the view. We just have big skies. So we miss them. I miss the mountains. Oh, yes. And I've been here up in the mountains in the Vale region. It's just absolutely breathtaking. We're getting a little bit of snow, which we desperately want to need. But the beauty is about is like make it the best one we got. And I love your attitude on that one. So speaking about methods and Marshall Goldsmith, how did you at all get, first of all, in coaching? And definitely, how did you get with legend like him to work with? Um, well, I don't know how much time we have. I'll start with coaching. I got into coaching. I've been a consultant for most of my career. Actually, I worked intercorporate for a while. And then when I had kids, I became a consultant. My background is in marketing. And I got into people dynamics because I watched, um, I built strategies for organizations, marketing strategies. And I watched cultures eat those strategies for lunch. So the implementation really involved me understanding people better. So I became a student of people and of leadership. And that's what I've been doing about the past 10 years. And coaching has always been kind of natural for me. I, I can't describe exactly when it started, but I kind of came out of the womb, um, a 40-year-old. So I've been in charge everywhere I've ever worked. 
Um, they put me in charge of people. Um, I've coached my daughter's volleyball team for about the past six or seven years. If you can coach a group of girls or teenagers, you can do anything on the planet. And, <laughs> um, and so, um, and I also think about, I, I went through a really terrible chronic illness about 10 years ago, and I am a, a raving optimist and a hope monster. And I, as I began to get well, I realized other people needed that as well. So that was also very natural for me to kind of coach other people into a state of hopefulness. So that's always been in my DNA, I suppose. And the more I consulted, the more I realized I was already coaching and advising. So it became a natural fit. Yes. And I love that you highlight that because there's a similar experience with me when you consult, you wear multiple hats and specifically when you early in the game, when you are exploring exploration state with client, what they are looking, what they need, then you automatically already an advisory strategy role and then what they need and how they can get an alignment and all these extra tools in the toolbox, right? You start doing coaching and consulting simultaneously and all of a sudden I was like, how many hats do you wear, right? And since like you've been doing phenomenally well. Sorry to hear about illness, but I love your passion and how optimistic you are and how you, whatever life throws at you, uh, deal with such a high, not only integrity, high positive energy and desire to change the script. And that is most needed than ever today. Do you mind sharing a little bit about that? Well, I'll tell you, it also comes with a little bit of stubbornness. That's what made me giggle. Um, you don't have to throw all the positive labels on me. I'm just kind of quite stubborn and um, tenacious. And I think that that is a combination with hope that allows, well, and maybe even a little scrappy or gritty. It's a good combination to allow you to overcome obstacles so that you don't see them as obstacles. You see them as challenges or learning experiences. And I, I think my upbringing is part of that. Um, as well as um, just that combination of the way I was built to run and the people I admired around me and how I never saw them defeated. I think um, I have a fear of feeling defeated. And so I can't even embrace that emotion. I have to look forward to what I can learn from it. That is fantastic. And I love that tenacity is a very crucial, right? Because if we give up, we never really see that. But I love that stubbornness that actually serves you well, not the one that deteriorates you and puts you um, outside of the playing field where you can truly make a magic happen, right? Sometimes we can be also negatively stubborn and, and, and deteriorate uh, opportunities as a result of it. And since I could delve into this phenomenally. So I heard you saying you're coaching your daughter's club her team mm -hmm. and that as 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 you said and in teenage girls right now that is huge so basically what i want to highlight here you're capable to apply principles and knowledge from teenagers and kids all the way to c-suites yes How is i learn i learn from all of them um you know people are people are the same but different everywhere and i learned so much from these girls um, talk about tenacity, you know, watching, watching how they dig in deep and get really gritty um, and overcome things that the, the exercises they learn, you know, I started coaching her when she was in fifth grade and watching girls figure out who they are within their athleticism, as well as their femininity over the last six years, it's been really enriching for me as a female. Wow, that is so powerful with someone also who work a lot with professional athletes and dealt with so many different dynamics and having that 
strong role model that empowers girls. And you're right, not only how they perform and, and athletically, but how they also stay feminine and true to themselves and what they're all about and, and dial it in. And I wish I had you as a coach early on and also opportunity to have that experience because unfortunately uh, we don't see that even in the business, let alone early upbringing. I'm sure as a result, you see some phenomenal outputs that you'll be able to create for the future female leaders. Well, I tell you, the thing that, that makes the biggest profound difference in my life is when, I'll try not to tear up when I say it, when my daughter thanks me for coaching her. And I, I'm shocked that at 15, she wants me around let alone she wants me to push her. And so um, I find it an extraordinary gift to get to sit at the feet of girls who want to grow and are open to it. So that's the, probably the biggest gift of all. It humbles me. You have been doing then so many things right, Mom, because that is your right. Great, uh, great reflection of your skill set that you can also be phenomenal mom as well as a great coach and role model, but also good colleague and friend and finding ways how to lead. And this is very interesting because tennis, we're seeing huge discrepancy of female coaches and opportunity for them to shape even in a corporate arena, right? Uh, because... Um, it's a, such a huge gap, what's offered, what's available. And then also how is that um, being delivered and consumed so that it's really positively impacting and affecting female um, future all-stars or legends in their own rights with their own skill sets. So do you mind sharing how is, how is that also helping you to fill that gap and, and support them? You know, um, let me think about how I can answer that best. I think as a female, in my field, what's really interesting when you were saying that is right now, all of my coaching clients are male. Now I do a lot of training and consulting as well with executive teams that are mixed genders and um, mixed races and all kinds of things. But I do find what's really interesting for men in the C-suite is they really genuinely need to connect with their intuitive side and that compassionate side that I think female coaching is really successful for. Now on the female side, I have a lot of the coaches that have coached me have been female and a lot of my professional circles, I seek out women like you um, because I need to understand how to harness my femininity and my strengths in the culture that we work and live in in that upper echelon that is more of a challenge sometimes for our gender still. The, the rules are still slightly different for us yeah. and we have to be able to harness that but stay authentic to who we are um, as well as play the game is what they say. Um, and, but I, I really believe in authenticity and not um, shirking who I am at all or apologizing for who I am. I think when you are a really strong woman, we can find ourselves constantly apologizing or masking the strength that we really have because it doesn't completely fit in. And it takes a while to get really comfortable in that garment and being able to be fully who you are. So I hope that answers your question. Yes, it does. And it actually, it's so powerful too, would you, when you mentioned in being authentic and who we are, right? Because not everybody's ready to, for strong female, for opinionated female, for smart female, for female that truly can uh, tackle and solve issues that are extremely complex with very different perspective, right? And also be very effective and impactful with that. Uh, but first of all, kudos for everything that you do and how would you doing very well. Um, and it's very rare to see playing in both sides, in both camps with females and male, 
And, but also what I'm seeing, and I'm curious when you were mentioning uh, showing up as who you are mm -hmm. and then giving yourself permission, specifically when you talk about apologizing, uh, I think that is also culturally that's been imposed upon us that we're we have to be sorry for being too passionate or too loud or too strong or whatever it is, because obviously we were not given permission or we thought that we're not given that permission early on because so much changed generationally. Isn't it about time to not even ask for permission? Assume that is there. I'm just curious how you navigate that specifically still in male dominated industry. So I'm going to own right away that I'm a beg forgiveness person versus an ask permission. I always have been. Um, you know, what I want to speak to as you're, as you're saying that is in that authentic self is what I find in circles of men and women, and especially women though, is I want to focus on the fact that I'm an individual person. Yeah. I have gifts and talents and strength that regardless of the shell that I'm in, I'm still an individual with those gifts, talents, and strengths. And quite frankly, most of my life, I didn't fit in in groups of women very well. And it's because we have these cultural norms. And I think we've masked everything else to try to fit into those cultural norms. And so I wasn't a typical female, but I know throughout my life now with wisdom, I've met men who aren't typical men. And, and what we've tried to do is to make there two kinds of people in the world, and that's not true. And as an individual, I want to be seen for who I am, not what I am. So my intellect and my emotions and my soul and spirit are uniquely me, regardless of being female. Then I get to also embrace femininity and my, the gifts that come with that in intuition and uh, my emotional capacity. So I think that is profoundly what enabled me to finally become authentic and embrace that authenticity. I love that. And I'm glad you did uh, dispel a little bit more on that because right now, we, 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 and I love that you're not asking for permission, you're just assuming, and if needed for some forgiveness, maybe we can get it, or maybe not, but that's, but more than anything, it's time of transformation, it's time for transformation of businesses, as well as individual way of thinking, right, because uh, things are not going to ever be the same, not because of current state of disruptions during the COVID, or what we're experiencing right now on global scene, but more than anything, we need that different thought process, right? As you mentioned earlier, what women bring to the value in decision-making and choices and how they drive the business forward. Yeah, we're all incredibly unique. And it's one of the, there's a couple of mantras that, um, that I have that, that are my aspirations that get me out of bed every day to do this work. And one of them is I wanna leave things better than I found them. And the other one is I just want to help people get out of their own way to love deeper because at the end of the day, all of the outcomes we're looking for in trust and relationships and success, they all come from a place of love. So if I can love myself deeper and I can love you deeper, then we can build better teamwork and we can respect one another and we can find reciprocity and we can accept the things that are strengths and weakness in each other versus having judgment or any of those negative things, divisive things that are prevalent in our culture right now, if I can really be rooted in love, then I'm more grateful, I am more joyful, and I have better outcomes at the end of the day because I'm not dragging around like anchors all the time.
That is brilliant. And I absolutely love that because, uh, and um, another mantra that I see on your wall, do you mind sharing about, because that's such a powerful statement too. Yes, it is. So um, it's gladness, not based on circumstance. I don't know if everyone can see it at the top of the phrase actually says joy really big. I'm moving the camera for a minute. And, and that's just a reminder for me. I also have a sign that you can't see that reminds me to have hope. Uh, and it's just because you know, the world throws things at us and we don't get to control when that happens. We don't get to control whether the boat capsizes or not, or how many paddles are in the boat or how long we have to swim. And remembering that seasons pass and change and there is hope for a better day and that happiness doesn't, joy doesn't mean happiness. You know, yeah. I can have joy alongside a stressful day or I can have joy alongside mourning because happiness can come again. And that's just a present reminder to me that was through years of chronic illness and a lot of other situations that we've all, um, we've all endured. It's just about being an overcomer. So I'm a, I'm a realist and I know that if I'm stuck in myself, I'll forget. And so I have to hit myself in the head with that every day is joy. Remember that I have a heart filled with it and that I can tap into it when I feel weak. That is gorgeous, not only for health, self-awareness and self-love and self-help, but also how the new then can show up and serve others. I think that is brilliant. And, 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 and thank you for sharing that. Um, now back to uh, earlier question that that's right. perfect segue and complimenting because uh, obviously uh, you did so many things beautifully well. And, and I just love your strength, your passion and your determination exude and portray and deliver the excellence, excellence in everything you do. How did you establish those amazing work ethics and standards as well as impact, not only individually on the teams, but overall organizations? So the work ethic definitely comes from my dad. He was raised on a farm in Illinois. And um, since I can ever remember, we were taught to, um, we were taught how to use the rifle. We lived in the country and how to back a trailer and how to mow the five acres we had. And um, we had a giant garden, so we worked all summer long. And I had a job at 14. I worked in a photography gallery, actually um, developing photographs and film. And it was, just, it was just always something that was a part of our lives, um, that hard work produces results. And, and I think that when that is where the heart motive starts, then you know you're gonna reach an outcome. You just have to be pointed the right direction and handed the right tools, right? You can end up on a trajectory that you think you want to go on, but you don't have the tools to get there. That's what happens with a lot of leaders and people who make it on executive teams. They've had all this hard work, but they don't know how to then take it to the next level. You know, It's why we, we find all the time in organizations, you're the best welder, you should be in charge of the welders. No, I don't want to be in charge of people. I don't know how to make schedules or budgets or you know order um, maintenance on machinery. So we forget that we have to hand people tools along that journey so they can reach those outcomes that they desire. And that's really what we do as coaches and consultants is we just look at where the gap is because we all have them. And then we just hand people the right tools. You know, the work ethic has to be there. It's the one thing that I say is a requirement um, for any of my clients a willingness. You have to be willing for behavior change and to pick up a new tool. That's all it takes. You know, the work ethic is there in someone who is excelling and already in leadership. That's how they got there. But how can they stay there and how can they continue to elevate? 
that just takes tools. And a lot of those are um, basically self-awareness tools and emotional tools and just tapping into other people's strengths around them. Um, because it, in our culture, we don't like to admit we need people. It's a sign of weakness. So we have to retrain that. That's just one of the tools. Mm, that is brilliant. Or to fail, God forbid, right? It's like as adults, that's impossible. You should know everything, which is also setting up false expectations, right? So with that in mind, how the methods come in place, uh, methods of the leaders, uh, and, and, and how this project um, impacted so many and continues to impact. Do you mind sharing a little bit more about that and what those tools and methods can really make a huge impact and difference for someone who is hungry, eager, and also ready and available. I love talking about the Methods of Leaders Project. So Marshall Goldsmith is such an amazing coach, been the number one coach in the world for many decades and really paved the way in that industry for all of us um, to be able to succeed because he made it socially acceptable to have a coach as more of his clients you know, begin to admit it. So uh, Marshall in his career a few years ago decided he wanted to give back and he wanted to give away everything that he knew to other generations of coaches to continue growing. And the Methods of Leaders Project came out of that mindset of giving back. So he started the, a program called the 100 Coaches, which now has 300 and something people in it. He vets and finds the top coaches and CEOs in the world, and he teaches them everything he knows. And so the Methods of Leaders Project is a, a a collaboration right now there's 16 of those coaches that have given their top courses what they train to the best in the world um, in the fortune 500 and global organizations the those topics are now in on-demand learning on the methods of leaders platform altogether. Wow. almost 40 hours of leadership content so it is it is like the the leadership academy um, it's where you go to have the best of the best tell you how to be a great leader. So Chester Elton is in there and Sally Helgeson um, does How Women Rise for Women Leaders, which is phenomenal. And um, a myriad, there's 16 of the coaches. The, the last two courses that went in, um, David Burkus on uh, leading teams remotely, which was really important. We launched that about a year and a half ago. And um, John Baldoni's course is on resilience and grace which has really been incredible during this crisis time period. So it is the best of the best helping leaders become better leaders. And in that on-demand platform is incredible, the platform itself, because it really increases retention through the way the platform is designed. You're not listening to an hour and a half lecture. Mm -hmm. You are listening to three to eight minute chapters that each have something attributable that you can hold on to and remember. And you can do that in those short segments or you can watch them back to back. That's totally up to you. But I find that I, I don't have an hour and a half straight to learn something new. When yeah. I read a book, I'm reading a couple pages at a time or a chapter at a time in between ball games. So this is that same phenomenon. It's broken into chapters. And, and it has this high-end production value that makes it easy to watch and fun to interact with. There's questions while it's going on that you interact with the coach. 
um, and it changes the answer. It's really phenomenal. So it Marshall's project that was born, there's two more of Marshall's courses going in there later this year. And Mark Thompson, which is one of his protégés that's gotten world renown as well, um, is going in there next year. So um, an incredible amount of content and it's a joy to work with Marshall and those coaches. Uh, they blow me away all the time. That is brilliant. And thank you so much for sharing because I'm being a huge follower uh, of, of martial work and for someone who is also passionate about leadership, not only the study, the practice that developed, that created and continue to do and knowing the Grimm's facts, right? How much deficit we have here and how much need and opportunity for high caliber leaders. Uh, just right now, current time, let alone the skill sets that are needed because of the, what future demands and what types of leadership traits they need to exude in order to lead effectively. I feel like we have such an insanely huge opportunity uh, to um, create solution for it, right? And the reality is why so hard in your, in your opinion, or maybe you don't have uh, that perspective, but why do we have still such a huge gap and deficit of leaders, effective leaders in leadership positions today, specifically in the United States? Specifically in the United States, I was just talking to a client about this the other day. I was talking about um, recruiting and retaining the younger generations of people to bring them up to the ranks. We were talking about designing an emerging leaders program. And, and one of the things that we were talking about that through our education system or through our new social norms um, of video-based, on-demand, short attention span, video games, social media, all those things are impacting the younger generations. The other thing that's happened to those generations is we have told them it's not okay to be an achiever because it makes other people feel less than. And it's become this socially acceptable phenomenon to try to normalize and make things even. And I've heard it throughout my kids' upbringing in schools, as well as um, in, in other situations with people in their 20s um, as well. And I think that we have to give people permission again to step forward and to achieve. We have to make it okay for people to want to lead, you know, as, as opposed to calling them bossy or controlling, that leadership is a talent and a gift and an honor, right? And we have to allow people to know that there are skills that you can hone in that, but there are some, some people who are born with that ability to have um, and want to drive forward. And I think we have watered it down for some of those generations. So we have to give them permission again and show them that that pathway is not only safe, but extraordinary. Uh, that is such a great point uh, because uh, you're spot on because we don't want to exclude anyone. We don't want to hurt anybody else's feelings, but that's what we also minimized opportunity to build people's strength and resilience, right? And mm -hmm. really to tap into and, 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 and fail and fix and grow and challenge and overcome because certain things you can study certain things you have to practice and put to the practice, right? Yes, you know, and what I wanna tell everybody too when it comes to Methods of Leaders, cause I don't wanna, I don't wanna bypass it and your audience not get it, at methodsof.com, that's how you can find it. And um, it is for businesses and individuals. So as an individual, if you, if you love reading books, if you are an avid learner, this is a great resource for you. As an individual who wants to grow or an entrepreneur or a small company, 
or organization. And for large businesses, the, the clients are that HR department that already has leadership development, but they need more content and they want on-demand resources for emerging leader programs or potential leaders that need to be elevated in the organization. And they don't have time to create that intellectual property all on their own. So it's a great resource for both individuals and organizations and gives people permission to self-learn because that's easier than then saying, raise my hand over here. I think I need to learn some things, right? Give people a resource so they don't have to raise their hand and say, I don't know. Um, that's super helpful for our culture. Culture. That is fantastic. And thank you for highlighting that. And, and, and it's good to distinguish that because sometimes organizations, and that's why we're having huge right now uh, transformation and uh, exodus of talent. Uh, if you don't invest in your talent, right, they're going to go elsewhere or they're going to invest in themselves and pursue different opportunities, either opening their own businesses or either going to innovative, creative environments where they truly, again, as you said, be authentically themselves and being accepted who they are and what they bring to the table, where their brilliance is endorsed and cherished and utilized. So with that in mind, do you mind reflecting a little bit about, because I know that we spoke about, and this is big, huge, still taboo and challenge. How do you even select a coach? What to look? And beside that is two-way street. Of course, from coaches as experts, as we are looking through that lens, we know what we're looking at and we know who is work, who is coachable and who is not, and who will be good fit based on who we are. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people out there, they know they're missing something. They want to find out. And then equally had a huge plethora of disappointments and negativity. So do you mind giving them some beautiful, healthy guidelines that are watching and listening, what that looks like, what they should be paying attention? A, first of all, benefit of coaching and B, process of selecting the right coach for them. That's right. So there's a couple of things that I did when I was looking for, and I have a couple coaches and I also have a couple accountability partners and a couple of mentors, and sometimes they all get mixed together. So um, I'm always, and this is the thing, you have to know, have self-awareness to know what do you need. I'm a very direct person, and I need people who can just throw a brick right at my eyes, right? Like right at my forehead, tell it to me straight up. So I don't want someone who will try to sugarcoat it for me um, or paint a picture delicately. I need someone who just says it. So I'm looking for someone who speaks that language to me. Now, it's looking for someone who speaks that channel so we never have a communication error, right? That is what you need. So whatever type of person that you are, if you are more of a warm, fuzzy person, then find someone that you connect with, but also has that honesty and authenticity. A coach is supposed to keep you between the ditches. <laughs> that's that's yes. our job, right? Yes. This you, you decide where you wanna go, and my job is to just give you little nudges left and right to keep you between the ditches. And, and that's what you want. You want someone who has the wisdom and knowledge. And I ask for referrals. And I am always listening in the community for other professionals and who they use as coaches. So I ask, just like um, when I go to someone's house for a holiday party, I don't like trying new recipes because I can't imagine what things taste like. If I taste something at a party, then I ask for the recipe. And that's really what it is in looking for a coach. You're looking for someone that, you, that is a referral, that you know you've seen the output of their work in someone else's output. And, and that's really important. 
And, and there are people who specialize in different things. There are people who are personal life coaches, who are, um, there are people who are relationship coaches and professional coaches. And it's just, what are you needing? What are you looking for? And what functionality do you need that will help you grow as a person? Do you need tools? Are you incredibly um, literal when it comes to translating those tools? Or are you a more a creative person that um, wants to workshop things yourself? Those are the kinds of questions I would ask of a coach when I'm interviewing them. Um, ask them for success stories and failure stories because we learn most from our failure stories. And, and you can also try out a coach. It, nothing is set in stone. So try a couple sessions and see if you're clicking and you feel like things are moving in a direction that's more healthy for you. Wow, that is brilliant. And I love that you're able to share that from both perspectives because a lot of times, again, people either never tried it or they tried it and they didn't have as much success, but they were never really thought about or, 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 or trained of what to pay attention and how actually pivotally it uh, has to do with their own uh, outcomes, not only what they would like to see, but also personality, right? And, and, and how everything fits together in order to work and to build that amazing trust uh, and opportunity to truly generally connect. So I think that's fantastic. So if you don't mind sharing now a little bit about you being part of the coaching association of corporate executive coaches, ACEC, and uh, from selfish reasons, <laughs> you know, and, and, and everybody else, I know a lot of professionals out there that are looking for credentialing and they're also looking to decide based on somebody else's credentialing. Do you mind shed some lights about also another taboo, another elephant in the room? how much these credentials are important? How is this credential different than others? And why you are so gung ho about it? Because obviously it's not many out there that are staying up on the high level in corporate arena. So please, if you can enlighten us, it will be fantastic. Well, uh, there are two viewpoints in this. One is that credentials don't matter because it's really the experience and the gain from a coach so if they have experience, for, for instance, you and I both were already consultants and advisors before we became coaches. So we had a great deal of experience doing that very thing. In fact, had been doing it one-on-one -on -one, um, many times before I would officially have hung my shingle and said, I'm also a coach. Yeah. So um, uh, some of the best help I've ever gotten from coaches have been unaccredited coaches. So I, I don't necessarily, I, I believe and I don't believe. I believe it because I am a member of ACEC as a subject matter expert, because I wanted to be encircled by more people like me. And I wanted to see what they had learned and what I could learn from them and what other certification pathways or programs could increase my career and what I bring to a client. So it was really more about increasing my value for the people who are using me as a coach. So it's not even the same reason why someone else would want to be accredited at an agency or to have other certifications or training. Um, mine is really, I, I don't ever flash, flash my badge um, in that manner. It's really more about learning from people who are doing the same thing I'm doing so I can add more value. Brilliant. I love it. 
thank you so much for dispelling that as well. And 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 it's all about outcomes and outputs, right? And results. So that that is brilliant. For so for people that are watching and listening to you, obviously, and have a sense of who you are now and and wanted to connect, uh, how they can connect to you, Janice, how they can find about your brilliant work and things you've been doing and continue to do as we move in 2022. Thank you so much. Well, I am at IHaveCapacity.com. My company is called Capacity. You can find me on LinkedIn, Janice Perkins. My email address is Janice at IHaveCapacity.com. And you can find out more information about me on my YouTube channel as well under Capacity um, through the website, LinkedIn. There are all kinds of things on Methods Of as well. We've been doing a webinar series with lots of the coaches, and that is on my website as well as on the YouTube page for Methods of Leaders. Um, you will find all kinds of information in those places, probably more hours than you would want to digest, but it's there for you. That is fantastic and it's beautiful because like obviously if you're just listening as you're missing out, seeing this beautiful, gorgeous, charismatic woman, it's a delight. So I'm sure you will indulge uh, in, in watching her also on YouTube and learning from her. And before we wrap up for today, which has been absolutely um, great, and thank you again for your time, I really wanted to say you accomplished so much, right? You already are leading and, and, and blazing the paths and supporting individuals and teams and organizations and have such a great legacy a trajectory that it's already unfolding in rapid speed. But what would you like to ultimately be known and remember for? What is your personal legacy, that personal mission? So, you know, I learned this even before my chronic illness, but it made it even more certain in my mind after that is that we're only given today. So the impact I make today might be the last impact I make. See, that makes me get emotional a little bit. Um, so I get to impact one person at a time and that person can then choose to make more impact. And so there's a multiplicity to giving away and emptying everything that you have today because we don't know what gifts are to come, but even one individual is enough of a difference. And I have to take advantage of all of those moments. I think the busyness of life can eradicate our ability to make true impact in places, but we have to really listen in and realize that some of those moments are spontaneous and unplanned and there are opportunities for us to change lives. Wonderful, that is so powerful. And, and you're right, we only have a one day at a time and we don't know anything about tomorrow, but today, what we do today matters the most. Mm -hmm. and with that in mind, what would you also add as a closing remark for everyone that is either seeking coach, have been coach, want to be better one or whatever, or just simply a professional that want to elevate their game and they're struggling due to various factors? What would you recommend for them? Uh, I would say they need to give themselves grace and they need to forgive things that are gone. Um, there's a there's a saying, uh, Mark Batterson's one of my favorite authors, and in his latest book, Win the Day, he talks about letting go of dead yesterdays and unborn tomorrows, and those things really anchor and weigh us down, and we have to let go of the dead yesterdays, and yes, we can focus on the unborn tomorrows, but living in today is what really matters, and, um, and to take advantage of where we are in this moment and to be more present. Wow, how much wisdom we just got. Janice was absolute delight to have you with us here today. And thank you so much for your time and sharing such amazing wisdoms and opportunity for us to connect more with you. 
Thank you so much for having me. It was a joy and a pleasure to spend time with you. Thank you for listening to Legacy Leader Show. If you enjoyed the content and had a positive experience, then please leave us a positive rating. In addition, leave us positive review whenever you are listening on whatever platform there might be. Make sure your friends and family also know about the benefit and value that we provide and what we have to offer. Cheers.